awesome second episode of the day. It is another episode of the Technical Explanation Show. Uh, hey, we're just building steam right now. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying. Um, today is a treat. I have Bill Olson. Uh, Bill lives in Minnesota. He's been a wrestling official for more than 33 years. He's been active for 33 years. That's right. Right, Bill? Exactly. exactly. All right. So, Bill, how are you today? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Uh, things are good here in Minnesota. Yeah. Tell me about Minnesota, man. Um, I, I, I've only like been right over the border, um, uh, the lacrosse border, um, like right over there. So I'd stay in a hotel in lacrosse, look at the beautiful Mississippi, go over there. I think you have some ties to like Winona. I have some friends that I went to, or, or Winona or college, right? I have some friends that went over there, but tell me about Minnesota, man. Like what's, what would be your sales pitch? Like, Hey, come move to Minnesota. Well, uh, um, an easy thing for me to tell you right now is right now in Minnesota, it is gorgeous. I mean, it is autumn in Minnesota. I just was up, uh, North Bemidji, Northern Minnesota about a week ago. The fall foliage is beautiful at this time. And now it's working its way down to, uh, the La Crosse Winona area, which I am uh, straight west of uh, about a hundred miles. In fact, I went through Winona yesterday and uh, we get the winters, we get the hot summers, but to me, this is the perfect time of the year. Haven't quite had a frost yet. The bugs start to disappear. Can still wear shorts outside. Yeah, it's awesome. Hey. That was pretty good, dude. Uh, hopefully some people at, uh, you know, the Department of Recreation see that. It's funny that you say that. It wasn't until a little, a few years ago in my adult life, and I know we're here to talk wrestling, but I like this. Um, didn't really realize, like, how much you could appreciate that stuff. Like, so I haven't seen it in Minnesota, um, but in Wisconsin, we've got Door County, and, like, I was like, hey, I want to you know, take, I want to go to Door County. I heard it's awesome. And they're like, okay, but if you do, you have to hit this two week period in October or else just don't even go because it goes from green to like, you know, I mean, the yellow, orange, red. And it's just like, holy smokes, like, or geez, Louise, that's what you'd say. Like, like it's beautiful and you, you just appreciate it. So I think I know what you're talking about, but I got to see that. Yeah. Yeah. We have that same Door County, uh, thing going on in, in northern Minnesota. We really do. Lakes, rivers, the fall foliage, but they're right. There's about a two-week window. Hey, uh, let's clarify for our folks at home. So there's a guy, his name's uh, the You Betcha guy, and he's from Minnesota. It's pretty funny. Um, and then there's another guy named Charlie Barons. He's from Wisconsin, the Manitowoc Minute. Um, and they're pretty funny. And I know that it's not, that's not how people talk, but it's funny. Um, so people don't say up north in uh, Minnesota or anything like that? Um, yes, they do. Yeah. And, 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 and there is some, uh, you betcha. Yeah. And, oh, you betcha. And, and in, in Minnesota and actually close be around here, there are Norwegian communities. Okay. You know, and there, there's, yeah, you betcha. And uh, awesome. up north. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta go up two tree blocks there and make a left at the stop and go light. Yeah. <laughs> Hook a right at the at the quick trip and uh <laughs> you'll be all right, right? Yep. I actually grew up that way. I didn't grow up with uh having to go over to Fourth Street. I went over to uh you know just down from the Jones's house, places like that, because I'm a small town guy. Hey, Still thanks, for, thanks for humor humoring me on that. <laughs> a lot of people in Ohio they don't get that, and I'm just like, man, this stuff's Funny. like that's the midwest because in ohio they're like we're the midwest i'm like no you you are confused because <laughs> you're not midwest you're not east coast you're yeah. just there um and i love ohio i'm where you know i love ohio but uh the midwest is the best so uh this is technical explanation show you know in a little bit we've talked um and this is just where i try to get wrestling officials to tell their uh wrestling story so I think I'd like to start there now that we've got our geogra geography lesson for the day out of the way. How does your wrestling start uh, journey start? Like how old were you when you first were exposed to wrestling? Do you remember? 
I, I actually do. I started wrestling in the third grade and much different than it is now. We had elementary wrestling for about uh, three Saturdays, four Saturdays in a row during the high school wrestling season. And then uh, one Sunday afternoon, we'd have a inter squad match. And we didn't travel. We didn't go anywhere else. We had that and then that was it. And then you progressed into seventh grade. And in Minnesota, a seventh grader is eligible to wrestle on the varsity wrestling team. But uh, not, not that I'm a six-time uh, state tournament guy or anything like that, but uh, that's, that is different than other states. So probably about ninth grade, I really started to take uh, wrestling quite seriously. We had a coach move to town that I really identified with, and, uh, and uh, wrestling became a big part of my life. So I followed wrestling through my senior year, qualified for the state, uh, did not place, uh, had some coaches talk to me. Uh, I went to a, a junior college in Iowa, wrestled two years, and then transferred to Winona State over on the river by La Crosse. And I wrestled two more years there, and that would have been 1980. And after the 81 season, that uh, school's wrestling program was disbanded. And unfortunately, title line, title line yes, is a, is a title line case. And uh, I really, really think they could have a good wrestling program right now, but uh, they have to have everything lined up, you know, to make things fair for the title line situation. Yeah, it's tough, man. I, I think actually, I, I don't think, maybe people realize it. Maybe I just think I'm smarter than I actually am. But I think after the dust settles, probably in the next three years with this NIL, which I'm totally for. Um, but I don't know how, well, actually, I should say, I don't even know what justifies the NCAA anymore. <laughs> um, because they, these are now professional athletes. Um, and so how are they going to fund these programs? How are programs who are already fundraising in, or the good, the big ones are fundraising and the other ones yes. are, are too, just not at the level, right? Not, yes. I'm just trying to be negative or anything, but I think that's, there's going to have to be a business model shift, um, you know, or, or maybe this, we, this is the beginning of the shift to the RTC era. Um, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of things that maybe have been thought about that haven't been shared or just they're like, eh, we don't got to worry about that. Now we'll worry about it when it comes up and then it might be too late. I don't know. It's a topic for another day, maybe. Um, so seventh graders, that's still to this day in 2021, a seventh grader could be a state champion in the state of Minnesota. Absolutely. Yep. We've had, uh, I, I think, I believe just one uh, six time state champ now. Um, Mark Hall, who, yeah. uh, you know, Marky Penn baby. State. Yep. Marky baby. And, uh, we've had uh, several five time and, uh, in Minnesota. And I think the way we, we, or they, the high school league kind of justifies uh, the junior high kids wrestling is because in the smaller communities, um, they need them for the numbers. And the lightweights yeah. too. I mean, the kids aren't small anymore. Yes, and uh, it, it's worked out well. Um, and uh, if they couldn't have wrestled, these teams would have been forfeiting or forfeiting more weights than they are. And uh, worked out well for Mark Hall. Um, of course, Mark's got a, a quite a story himself, but uh, and I was able to uh, officiate Mark Hall several times during his career. And in fact, I think his, I think his junior year, I had his state title match, but uh, Mark didn't have many uh, close matches in the state of Minnesota. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, well, you have to, because you're on my show. No, I'm just playing. Um, uh, when you officiate, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. I get to talk to the fishes all the time. You guys, like you, uh, officiating is officiating, right? 
when you're doing it, but then you, you know, you officiate a guy like Mark Hall, you said five. Yeah. Or six. He, Mark Hall six. Six timer. Yeah. So the only six timer. So you did his junior year. So you did his fifth. How does that change how you watch him when he progresses to college and like, you know, senior level? Like, is that like, yeah, you know, like, I, well, it, it, that, that's an interesting question, and, I, and I've actually uh, answered that question without it being asked by uh, people, um, myself and several officiating friends of mine would say sometimes we take a little bit of ownership in Mark Hall or Gable Steveson, someone like that. We, we officiated him. We may have slap the mat when he when he pins somebody we may have warned him for stalling we think uh maybe we helped in a small way uh train him and uh i've told uh many pre-meet meetings with kids that uh you know they were last year's state championship team and it's it's my opportunity to congratulate the coach in front of his kids and the kids in front of the coach and tell them that, you know, that they've done things right. And, uh, and as an official, um, I expect that night for them to do things right again. I mean, they, they did it all right to win the state title. So now, now it's not your chance to regress. It's to take the step up more. And that's always been one of the fun things for me is to uh, referee a state champ and then get to see him again in another match or in the gym and, and visit with him. And uh, that people might not know that during the course of a wrestling match, sometimes there is a conversation going on out there between the two wrestlers and the official. And uh, it's not social, it's, it's all business. And, and the kids appreciate it, they really do. They've come back and said really good things, so. Oh, you know, in my experience, I get to coach um, and the officials that do communicate, and I'm not saying have a conversation with the kids, but the, the ones that actually are a little bit, um, louder and are hey i'm holding two or i've got i've got green in control or you know center center you know that actually to me in after the match win or, or lose um if it's a loss and it's close i can say what are you complaining about the guy for four and a half minutes i coached your eye four and a half minutes told you exactly what he was looking for there's only two people out there so there's a 50 percent chance he's talking to you those are, I would listen. Those are, those are odds that I would pay attention to. You know, if you're a betting man, you take those odds. Um, and so I, I appreciate that about you. So, but I want to get some uh, clarification. So after a team wins a state title, a team or individual, you talk to them? Uh, no. Oh, okay. okay. No, Sorry. no. This would be a, a, my conversation would be a pre-meet. Oh, oh pre-meet. We, we meet the mm -hmm. team A in their locker room to, and tell them our expectations and uh, but no not not okay, gotcha, gotcha at the sorry misunderstood um can you pre-meet that comes up more of these conversations than not which i'm really glad because that can set the not can it does set the tone um you can tell the officials that have done it before and you can tell by their tone like they mean business right and how they control the locker room um in your opinion what makes for a good pre-meet conversation with you know the team you're speaking with and the other team what are what are like if you had to pick three things that you absolutely have to have in your pre-meet um what would the three things that are you're like these three absolute three things have to be in there well um let me see one will be sportsmanship we you know it's been a point of emphasis the last few years with the the federation so i mentioned sportsmanship I expect good sportsmanship. I, I let them know that I'm not expecting bad sportsmanship, but I expect good sportsmanship. 
You do not have to help the other guy up. You do not have to pat him on the back, but I don't want to see pushing, shoving, uh, bad mouthing, showing the other team's bench up. Another thing that I'll, I bring up is starting positions. One of the easiest things is a foot on the line, knees behind, hands in front, navel and elbow, because if the kids do that, that makes the official look uh, way better because uh, fans are yelling, he's got his knee over the line, he's got his hand here, he's got his elbow there. And, uh, and I tell the kids straight up, I says, uh, you can do this right. Then we don't have the fans yelling from the crowd. When the fans yell from the crowd, the official looks bad and I don't wanna look bad. And, and, and then it'll all come back onto the kids. And and they're they're kind it's kind of told in a jovial sense, but I kind of mean business. And another thing sometimes we use is uh, is a team will have a captain or captains, and in the uh, pre-meet uh, coin flip, we make it a point, or I do, that the captain and the coach are the people we're going to talk to. So. Uh, if one of the benches kind of gets unruly, we may look at the captain and that might be all it takes. Or we say, you know, you know, get your guys under control. One of the reasons we do this is now the captain is more than just the appointed guy. He's just not the figurehead. You know, now he's the guy with the big shoulders and he gets to make some decisions. And my goodness has hit made a difference in some very big matches for me. I can look over. And that captain, and it's like, oh man, the ref's looking at me and I didn't do anything wrong. And then he looks down his bench and then it's all taken care of. So I guess three things there. Another thing, that, one more thing is be the fourth, but I always ask a team, is anybody on the team going to do some move tonight that's going to surprise me? Maybe it's their favorite move. They, uh, once in a while, I mean, even after 30 some years, there's something new. Somebody does something different. They do it backwards from the functional way and it works. And, uh, you know, years ago I got caught, uh, you know, Joe does uh, the leg cradle, you know, and it's like all of a sudden this guy's got a leg cradle on and he's got the, his ankles locked around the head and I'm thinking, does he have a, you know, head scissors on? No, no, he's got a leg cradle. And uh, several years ago, it was the spladle. And, and they said, uh, we like to use the spladle. And I says, okay, show me. Because uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was, somebody was using a different term for that move at the time. And then, it be, and uh, so it was the same move, different name, but we don't like to be caught by surprise. Yeah, I don't think anyone, whether it's wrestling or anything, I don't think anyone does. Yeah. And the spladle is a good one. Um, kind of be aware that's going to come up too, because it, it, you can't really banana split it, right? You, you guys call that right, you know, from the top. But if you separate those legs too much, you got a potentially dangerous situation. Yeah. So then you're able to be like, hey, hey okay, great. Just uh, keep it legal, you know? Yes. And, and then the guy, you know, hitting his favorite move and you stop him like, potentially things could go sideways right i mean you're the official you get this you you know what i mean but it's yeah. like tell me up front and we'll take care of it and you know no harm no foul um awesome man so uh you are the head official for the clash how many years have you been doing that um the tournament will be this year will be our our 20th year uh last year because of covid it was uh called off but uh, I've, I've uh, been since day one. At first, I was just an official there. Then the other uh, guy who was the head official, he kind of moved far enough away that he couldn't be to meetings and things like that. So I've done it 18 years now. And at first, I officiated and took care of the coordination. And then at... Uh, it be, there became a time when uh, I said, I can't officiate this. I have to do 
just this because I take care of weigh-ins, <clears throat> I take care of a rule interp in the middle of a match, and uh, it's uh, one of the things I enjoy most about wrestling right now. I, I, I really do. I've met so many great people, officials from I think uh, 10 to 12 different states now, and then uh, teams from all over the country. And uh, that, that's great. Yeah. Um, you've got a actually a different perspective, I think, than a lot of officials, um, because you're kind of on that, not kind of, you're on the administrative side, sounds like. Um, yes. And uh, actually, just in an earlier conversation, uh, we were talking about uh, compensation uh, for the officials and how it needs to be higher, you know, in order to get more people um, to do it. And I don't dispute that fact, right? Like, no one wants less money right? Um, inflation's gone up the same, you know, I mean, he used to get paid 25 bucks back in the day for a wrestling tournament. Now junior high or something, maybe make 120, 140 clash is probably different. Right. But I was trying to explain to them. I was like, look, I'm not a tournament admin, but I, I get to run like 16 to 20 tournaments a year. Uh, you know, um, I'm not run. I'm not a tournament director. I'm a representative. So I'm there to make sure nothing goes sideways. And if it does, it gets handled. I'm there to make sure that the officials don't have to do anything else but enforce the rules, award the points, and maybe have some good food when they get off the mat, right? Um, And I was trying to explain to him, I was like, well, what do you do? How do you pay them more? Because the only way that you can pay them more is you either charging more at the gate, which known, it's high enough, probably, for most places, or you charge more on the entry fee, which people already complain about those things, right? Um, and so it's like, it's a danged if you do, danged if you don't, unless you got an endowment. I don't know, you know, how do you add, if you have 30 officials, how do you add $50 to each one of them? Like, if you can pull that rabbit out of the hat, then let me know, you know? So it's tough and I, I don't, I would love to be there. I don't envy the work that you have to do there though. So I'm sure you get to deal with all of that stuff. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I represent, I started out, um, I am on the clash committee now. Before that, I was, uh, I would say I was the liaison between the officials and the committee. And then I was the rules interpreter at the tournament. So as the liaison, uh, when the first started out, they said, this is what we're gonna give you for the two day tournament. And then as time went on, you know, all of a sudden we'd, roughed it for 10 years in a row, um, we kind of needed to have some more compensation because we weren't even getting paid for what a regular, you know, Saturday tournament was. And and I asked, and, and there was uh, a little bit of pushback for some people. They says, we got all kinds of guys lined up that would like to officiate here because it was a big, uh, you know, big tournament. And I said, yes, but can you get them to come back next year? And, uh, I and remember someone, this conversation now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and someone once said that uh, you know a competition with no officials is recess. And uh, the two guys roughing the coaches, the teams, or the two guys wrestling, the coaches, the teams, and the officials—that's the competition. They didn't come to see the official, so the better the official, the less he's going to be seen. So it worked out. They take care of us uh, um, adequately or more than adequately. And, uh, and I have to say that the, uh, the Clash tournament may have the best, uh, oh, what do we call it? Hospitality room. Hospitality room. Oh, hospitality talking room, uh, talking uh, food um, now. Okay. Yeah. It, I, I'm floating all over. If that's no, no, okay. no, 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 go because I was going to ask anyhow. Yeah, they actually have two hospitality rooms. They have a hospitality room for the officials, the coaches, and uh, I guess the the committee members from the clash. And then they have a hospitality room for the table workers and uh, towel tappers, that that kind of thing. But uh, when I tell uh, officials, if I hire an official, that you can eat three meals a day at that hospitality room. 
I mean, the second day there's a guy in there making omelets to to order, and uh, they have anything from shrimp and sauce and uh, you know smoked salmon to. I hope everyone's pork. listening because if if you could go on Saturday and eat like that, make a little money, why well, get your license yesterday? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. You're not the first person that's told me that. Um, I like food a lot. Uh, I get made fun of when I'm done with coaches because I like know where the best place is whenever we travel. Okay, it's just it's my thing. Um, but someone also told me the Beast of the East is is up there too. So I'm making a mental note. <laughs> We're gonna get a Beast of the East official. We're gonna have you guys duel it out over who has the best okay. hospitality room. Okay. And then. Maybe we all win, not me, because I don't have a dog in the fight, but then maybe they both get better next year and like just do it every year and you'll be eating steak one year. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I do have uh at least one, if not, you know, a couple different officials over the years that have worked both tournaments and I and I've actually never came out flat out and asked them if one's better than the other as far as their uh, hospitality rooms. I want to know. Text me. I, I, yeah, I, I may do do that so I can no work. do it. I want to know <laughs> so I can share. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we, we we do we do uh, well there in the hospitality room and uh, and uh, as far as uh, hotel rooms or I think this year we're gonna they they've uh, lined up some uh, BRBOs for the, the officials so uh, they take care of us that way. Awesome man, that's good. Hey, thanks for getting to that because. That's usually on my list. Yeah. Okay. Because me and my, is it, <laughs> I got three kids. I got like four kids on my team, right? So, you know, no one wants to advice the tournaments because four kids, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, that hospitality room, you do it one, right one year, I, I'm back. You got a contract. <laughs> three, yeah. all, all, four, all four of us. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know how you recover from that, man. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit um you know we had spoke last you just mentioned uh 2020 right was the covid year for the class right um yep. when we are talking in like our very first call i like to talk with everyone just make sure everyone that's going to be on the show knows what we're trying to do here you told me a story that uh and you, why don't you tell me it was a certain tournament or maybe it's the state of minnesota had to wear masks Okay. Uh, yeah. This this last year, the COVID year, um, the season started. Uh, I think two weeks late because they were deciding what they were going to do. So is that and, after Christmas then for you? Or uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then uh, during the course of the year, there was no dual meets. There was only triangulars, and no. Saturday tournaments. So your your typical, I do three or four, eight to ten team Saturday tournaments during the year. They were no longer. So there was only triangulars. And then it kind of depended on the particular school how many fans they would let in. Some conferences let no fans in. Some conferences let uh, two fans per wrestler so basically there wasn't uh, hardly anybody in the stands and in minnesota the the wrestlers had to uh basically wear a mask unless they were on the mat wrestling so my pre-meet to the kids was um and i can't penalize you for this i just want to let you know that Take your mask off, come out and ref, wrestle your match. Win, lose, or draw, go over to your bench, catch your breath, get under control, and please put your mask back on. And uh, I couldn't have had more support from the coaches. And the coaches always like to have somebody else tell them the same thing that they want to tell them because it uh, seems sometimes the kids will listen to the official more than the coach that they see every day. 
Isn't that funny though? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. Um, isn't it funny though? Like it's the same way with like kids. The per the person that's the closest to you that has like your best interest the most at mind will tell you something a million times. And then this guy that's gonna officiate maybe four matches for you for the thing of the year, if you're lucky, tells you one thing and you're like, oh, mask on, you know? Yeah. It's just I don't know. Go ahead. And, and and it worked out fine. The kids uh the kids put the mask on, and I, I really don't know of one time during the year that there was a, a COVID incident. I mean, a huge, big, big one. There was some kids that, that got the COVID and uh, some officials, I think. But uh, even at our state tournament, uh, the officials were able to work the tournament. The official wore a, a mask the whole time. We had a whistle inside of our mask. Or some people had the hand hand held whistle, and it, for me, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. It took a little while. It's just different, but, right? Yeah, it was different, and the different thing to me was uh, uh, the lack of crowd. The lack of crowd, because especially when it got to the the state tournament time, and our state tournament was a whole different ball game too. It was held at a high school. Uh, Minnesota has a three-class system, and they wrestled A one day, double A, and triple A each day, and uh, and in the past, it was held at the XL Center in St. Paul. Everybody's there at the same time and intermingles, and it didn't work that way. The small schools came in on Thursday, the medium size on Friday, and the big schools on Saturday, and uh, didn't you tell me that they like cut the brackets like in half or something like last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, how do you get? Yeah, yeah. Yep, they cut that. cut the cut the brackets in half. Uh, only uh, four dual teams came to the state tournament. So when you were there, you were already in the semifinals. Um, yeah, it, it it was strange. It was. Yeah. But but they got to do something. I, you just said it. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Get to you got to. Um, yeah. Oh, it sounds like uh, Ohio handled things quite similarly and I think a lot of states did I think a lot of them had to work together because we we're all dealing with something we've never had to deal with hopefully we don't have to for a very long time or maybe never again but yeah our no it's pretty deep uh you know they still did three-day tournaments but they did them in three different um large high schools all in Columbus okay two people per you know so um very similar and that was my first time on the floor and it would I never would have been on the floor if it was at the Schottenstein Center which is uh maybe I would have I don't know um Columbus but yeah I mean it was different uh and it felt really eerie I don't know about how you felt but there were those moments where something spectacular happened like always happens right yep. and there, maybe there wasn't 16 or 26 or whatever the number of thousands of people there but for a second you're like, yeah, that's the state tournament. And um, I think hopefully we don't have to worry about that this year. But I think like we have to like hold on to that and just remember like could have been way worse. Absolutely. It, it could have been called completely off. And, uh, and, and in fact, the year before the Minnesota State Wrestling Tournament was the last state tournament. I remember that. We had that, and uh, and just a local team from around here was in. Uh, they'd got to the sem uh, the halftime of a semifinal game of their section, and at halftime, it got called off. Yeah, that's. Uh, and, and, and it's just. Can you imagine being uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever? How old? Yeah. Um, and especially with the sport like wrestling, it's a long season. Um, you know, there's, for some people, there's the cutting of the weight, there's the mental aspect, there's all the extra time and everything, and then just, boom, and if you're a senior, uh, you know, my heart goes out to them, like, but, but I mean, think about this last year, like, you could have, some kids could have missed their junior year, and their senior oh, yeah. year, um, so, again, it's all, it's all about perspective, it stinks, which it never would have happened, but I think you got the I just like it when I people have that attitude and I always want to call it out because it's like it makes the big makes all the big difference. Um officiating man, 33 years active. 
what are some of like the highlights that like that you just remember you're like man i get to do this like what are the yeah high points well uh some of the easy ones to remember uh and this is looking back because these names have been in the news lately like uh mark hall uh gable steveson um thomas gilman our recent world champ he wrestled at the clash and uh and 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 his head coach name is on the tip of my tongue right now but but we became uh, uh acquaintances and uh i'd run into him at the ncaa tournament and uh short story on gable steveson i think it was his ninth grade year and of course he won the state that year individually but in the dual team, Apple Valley was wrestling uh, St. Michael. Perennial, they, they would wrestle each other in the state title. Gable might have been in eighth grade. But anyway, he was a you know 220-pounder. And uh, we could see the whole thing. We had a head and assist, two refs working this. And, and we're, it's going to go down to the heavyweight match. And here they bump up their eighth or ninth grader to heavyweight. and. Uh, he takes out the individual heavyweight runner-up, more than handles him to seal the deal for him. But here's a underclassman gets bumped up and uh, to win the match for him. And uh, all these, those three kids were, you know, outstanding, uh, not only wrestlers, but kids. I mean, as far as dealing with the official. Um, other highlights would be uh, that dual meet, Apple Valley St. Michael State Finals. Um, another highlight would be my uh, my first state tournament, my first state tournament in Minnesota, which was oh, mid mid nineties probably or something like that. I'll, a little kind of interesting story. Um, I was going to do this match over in a corner mat, and uh, my wife was coming up to watch me, and she says, let me know what mat you're on. So I text her or, or called her and said, I'm going to be over in this mat. So she went down over to this corner mat, and uh, it happened to be a Class A dual match, and one of the teams was New Richland Heartland, which is about 40 miles from here, and I'd done matches for him during the year. Small school, small school. I mean, a couple towns with about 850. Really quick, um, for my clarification and our listeners, because I always forget not everyone's, you know, from the state. So A would be your small school division. Yep. Double A would be your middle, and then triple A. Triple A. Yeah. So opposite of baseball. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Thanks. Yep. So, so I'm I'm gonna do this dual meet over there. My wife goes out over and sits down, and uh, and she she's looking around, and she says, "All these people, you know, have their red and white igloo cooler. You know, they they brought their lunch. I mean, this this is a rural community, good people, you know, but they're not gonna pay that price, you know. And they're bringing their coolers in, and they're digging out sandwiches, and pretty soon these people start looking at her." You know, and uh, you know, what are you doing? And and they says, well, who who are you here to watch? And she says, well, uh, that referee out there is my husband. Oh, oh, we like him. We we really like him. Uh, and uh, so so my my wife enjoys uh, officiating or or coming to watch me and my friends who, who she's got to know, and uh, and she knows good wrestling also. But she kind of got a kick out of it because she sat there and and listened to people yell at me also. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she doesn't have to do it anymore. She let some people do it for a day, rest her voice, right? Yeah. No, I'm not saying yeah, she exactly, that. exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, thanks, because that's you know that's what it's all about. And a lot of times, especially for officials, you know, I'm glad that your wife got to hear that and that answer came out. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think a lot. I've said this and I've thought it over the years too, like teachers and like officials, right? Um, a, a kid in high school isn't going to go up to their teacher and be like, hey, man, 
or hey ma'am thank you for what you did and making me work really hard you really uh, you helped me you know you're gonna help me I know it is like no one's no very few 17 or 18 year olds are gonna say that right but you exactly. get to a point a little bit you know hopefully and <laughs> you get to a point yeah, you get around maybe your mid-20s and you're a little bit older and you realize oh that 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 history teacher that I had he was really hard on me but if he wouldn't have there's no way I'd know all the Ohio's counties you know yeah. not that it's it might help me on jeopardy for my couch but it, it you know what I mean you don't get the recognition and I think the same things for officials right uh, I've said it several times uh, sometimes you guys are viewed as adversarial roles to the competitors and the coaches and I'm not saying that's what the perception should be, but sometimes it is. And so when you get to have those moments, it's really cool to be like, huh, I did this for 33 years. And you know what? At least one person doesn't, you know, you know one person appreciated it. So that's a cool story, man. Um, so family life, uh, I wanted to ask, so you're married? Um, I'm married. Yep. How, how I'm, many married. Years? I'm, I'm married uh, 39 years. Congratulations, sir. 39 years. I have three kids. Yeah. I have boy girl twins. Okay. Are uh, 32. All and right, then another, the girl, here, another girl that's 30. <laughs> awesome. Are uh, they around? Uh, um, one lives in my town, same town here. And uh, one lives in Rochester. One lives in uh, north of here. All um, professionals paying taxes and. Uh, <laughs> doing and Just i couldn't like be more should, proud right? of them yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome, be more man. proud of them i can tell actually uh you lit up there that's cool man uh rochester new york right rochester minnesota oh minnesota sorry yeah oh the yep, mayo yep. clinic yeah yep, that's right, kind of a big deal yeah right down the road here they do yep. and then where did you work remind me i was actually a painter and vinyl hanger a union painter and vinyl hanger in the area here but i spent uh close to 25 years right in the Mayo Clinic. So yeah. I, went to I went to work there every day and uh, there's millions and millions of square feet in the Mayo Clinic. They own yeah. buildings in Rochester people don't even know. And an interesting tidbit of that is, you know, when you're a painter and you work in the clinic, you walk around, you got whites on, painter's clothes. And so you kind of stick out and, uh, over the course of being official for 33 years, people know, well, there goes Bill, you know, some people are always running me down and say, ask me about that call last night. Or did, what about that call Rick made last week in that match? And uh, so run into people all the time that wanted to talk wrestling and enjoyable experience. Let's dive into that though. Um, so I approach you in the Mayo Clinic and I ask you about, hey, you're not there, you're working or you're officiating somewhere else. And I come up to you, and I'm like, hey, see that call Ray made? Like, cause they assume, cause you guys are both officials that you see every match, right? Like, you know, Ray called you up and he's like, hey man, you, can't, you know, it doesn't happen that way. Um, but like, let's say you're in the same gym, you're on uh, Matt one and Matt four is the other end. And someone you've known, cause you've been officiating for so long comes up to you and maybe a little frustrated and they're like, hey, this is the situation that just happened over there. Was it the right call or what would you have done? How do you handle that? Because the way I look at it is that's like my brother and officiating. I don't have the full story. I don't know if your story is accurate. Probably isn't because you're emotionally charged right now. Like, how do you navigate that? Well, my thoughts on that and my teaching to our new officials is to, to be a professional. Um, you're not going to kick your your brother down on Matt for you're not going to kick him in the knees. You know I'm going to listen to uh, to your story, and I, and I'll have to ask Ray, and that's the answer you're going to get from me probably. I I'm never going to say yeah yeah he made a terrible call down there. Your guy got screwed. Knucklehead. And, and because. Uh, and on the other hand, if he did make a terrible call and we we're in the locker room, I, I'm not going to call him out because I'm a, a superior ref, but we're going to talk about it. And we're going to say, you know, what did you see down there? And uh, because 
we have to know the next time that situation happens. We all got to be on the same page. Yeah, we're human. Um, my guest earlier today, I, I tell you what, for not being an official, it was really cool to see a high level wrestling coach. Like just, he's got officials backs. And like, I, I couldn't have looked, I asked him a question and I was like, oh, I'm going to get a good response. I think it's going to be five minutes of like, like it was good. Uh, I can't wait for that one to go live. I think officials are going to appreciate that at least one coach out there um, gets it, right? Um, thanks for helping me there. Because, you know, that's the thing, too, as a coach sometimes. I'm, <clears throat> uh, you know, no one's winning a college scholarship in a junior high match. <laughs> you know, yeah. Tom, Tom Ryan's not, uh, you know, going. I'm Ohio's Ohio guy, right? Tom Ryan, yeah. you know, so Logan Sieber isn't wrestling here, so he doesn't need to watch him in seventh grade. You know, so a um, couple more things. And I want to talk a little bit more about officiating, uh, maybe give you some homework. Uh, but I want to make sure I get this out there because this has been a lot of fun. And I want to make sure um, you get the recognition that you deserved. So uh, you're in the Hall of Fame in uh, Minnesota, right? I am. Yep. The... What year? 12. Okay. Tell me about that. Uh, when you got the call, Tell me some of the emotions or the thoughts or like what, what was the thought process? Well, um, I had been nominated. Okay. So, so I, I knew it was a process and, uh, and I can't remember when I was nominated. I had to fill out a form and uh, maybe in nine or 10. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, you, you go in the next year. I was going to say, I had three years? Yeah, I kind of thought that's the way it worked. And uh, and, and it doesn't, because <laughs> it's actually uh, the High School Coaches Association Hall of Fame. And uh, so sometimes, some years, uh, there's more qualified uh, coaches or contributors that, that go in. And, and they've probably been waiting, too. But when I got the call from uh, Steve Ricard, you know, it's very humbling. It's very humbling. And, uh, and it was, uh, it couldn't have been more fun. We, they have a banquet and I think there's six or seven inductees and mostly coaches and usually like one official will go in. And that was my year. So you get to, somebody introduces you and, uh, of your choice and then you get a they put you on uh uh the timing clock and you get the you know uh writing time clock is what they actually use and uh you get to give an accept acceptance speech and uh where's that all take place people. is that like at a is that a banquet where they you know they yeah it's, it's at a banquet it's at, at a hotel uh banquet room and uh uh they pack the place, you know, yeah. you get a good meal and, uh, and it's full of uh, uh, hall of famers from the past and you get to bring your family and you know, who you want to be there. And uh, it's really fun. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yes. Well-deserved just from the research I've done and from our conversation. I, I know I feel just justified in saying that. Um, I, I'll give you this, just do with it what you want. Um, Cause I think it's, I, I think it's cool. Um, Ohio does their induction and their coaches association does the votes too. It sounds similar. They do it before the finals on the last day of the state wrestling tournament. So uh, they line. So there's a tunnel, which is iconic in Ohio. Uh, it's a black tunnel and every wrestler comes down this. It's probably 18 feet long. They come out this tunnel and then they walk up to the matches, the whole tournament. It's done really, really well. Biased. But on that time before the finals, they line every official because all the officials are ta there's table workers officials, there's the ones working the mats, there's the ones volunteering and doing stuff. All of them line this tunnel, and then they walk the coaches and the officials out to the center of the three mats for the state finals. And I was down on the floor one year because my dad was inducted as a coach. I didn't do anything. I'll tell you, I got goosebumps, man. When you and I can't imagine being an official because you probably don't get. Maybe you do. I don't know. But when you're on the mat, you don't get to look up at all the people with no stress and anything, and just be like, "Yeah, you know what I mean." Like, yep. Um, I don't know. 
for how could do it anyone can do it man but I, I just think that, that's awesome the way to do it I'm not trying to downplay it I'm just saying like we need to we need to put officials like we need to shine the light on a little bit more I think and you know if it's something that we could do I mean it takes 10 minutes right um everyone's there you know yep. no one's missing the finals if you miss a round it's it's not the blood round and it's not the finals yep <laughs> you know so you've got the full house pretty cool man congratulations again you're also in wait uh region one hall of fame too right yep yep that's just a, a locally here they not call just just take well, a compliment please it's it, it's locally <laughs> south, southeastern minnesota and uh actually I, i'm trying to think i went into that may, maybe the year before or uh, and uh yeah, and that was fun too. That was yeah. really fun. Well, and, I can't imagine being uh, giving someone giving you thanks for 33 years of service isn't fun, right? Or it wasn't yeah. 33 years. Well, we have good. a group here in 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 southern Minnesota, SEMREC, uh, Southeastern Minnesota Wrestling Coalition, and they're the guys who I'm a member of now that put on the Clash, and the money mm -hmm. that is made at the Clash goes back to the, I think, 32 teams in this area. So for instance, in the spring, when they have that uh, Region 1 Hall of Fame, we have the Region 1 Senior Night. So all senior wrestlers, cheerleaders, managers are recognized. They get a nice plaque, they get a meal. We have the banquet, uh, there's the wrestler of the year, class A, double A, triple A. Um, and then some contributors like myself get to be honored. And uh, because people have asked me for years, where does that money go that's made at that tournament? Because it, it makes them significant money. Well, it all goes back, believe me. They pay for that uh, meal there. They pay for a great coaches banquet at, at, the, at the Clash. And uh, they help kids pay for their wrestling camps. They bring in clinicians. Um, this year we had a, a clash camp. We couldn't have it for a while because of uh, COVID. Brought a couple wrestlers down from the, the Gophers. Had a three-day camp, you know, paid those guys, roomed those guys, and it, it's fun. It's fun. Sounds like a fun. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to kind of like – you said the point about like the clash has been doing this and giving this money back for how many years. Right. Um, and one of the things I've found with some of these organizations that run these tournaments and they do like some awesome stuff, but no one knows about it. No one knows about it. Right. Like yeah. it, and it's, I, I don't, I can't, I don't know the answer. I have a theory though. So I'm going to share that with you is like wrestling is like wrestlers. A lot of us are blue collar. You know, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of people, blue, blue collar people aren't like, they're not the, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be heard or seen. I just want to do the job. And so like, I think like we get in and we're like, all right, we want to do a wrestling tournament. It's like, well, we got to do this, 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 this. And then we don't think about, okay, but then we're doing all this awesome stuff that no one knows about. Like we don't know to blow our horn, to our horn. Right. There's right. an organization here in uh, Ohio. It's been done in wrestling tournaments for 27 years. Uh, they are a nonprofit. They have to run a zero budget. They've given over hundred thousands of dollars to scholarships to kids every single year. And everyone, no one knows. And everyone's like, oh, they charge this much and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what I mean? But if you don't tell the story, how do they know? That's just my theory. And so I'm so glad that we have this. So hopefully someone watching this realized the impact, not only in providing um, quality competition and keeping wrestling alive and well, but understands the financial impact of the tournament as well. Um, all right, one more. I'm gonna. This is one that I should have asked you before we got on, so don't mispronounce it. Bartelma Hall of Fame. Bartelmill Hall of Fame. Bartelmill. That 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 is the uh, region one. No, that's the Minnesota coaches. Uh, gotcha. Bartelmill was a. Uh, uh, he's uh, since passed uh, wrestling guy, so the the Hall of Fame was named after him. Cool. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. All right. Couple more questions for you. And I'll let you run. This has been awesome. Um, okay, these are the quick, these are the heavy hitters. Are you ready? I warmed. Yeah. You, I tried to warm you up. You know. Yeah. Give you a little time to warm up. Um, 
why do you like first of all what's the state of officials like in, in minnesota are no, numbers down like it's from everywhere else i'm talking it seems like uh they are they are um wrestling is kind of held steady um but i what we're experiencing is there's a I, how am I going to say this? There's too many officials like me with uh, 25. You're going to retire soon is what you're trying to say. Correct. Because, and, uh, and, and we just don't know if we've got enough guys coming up behind us. Other sports are in, in terrible straits here in Minnesota. Uh, they can't play all the Friday night football games because there's not enough officials. Some of them have to be played on Saturday afternoon high school. Um, volleyball the same thing and uh, and I, I worked near uh, the head of the basketball association of this area and they just had a, a really terrible time the last few years um, the answer to that is many I guess yeah no no I just I was trying to like understand if my next question is going to make you know make sense and your answer is on par um Unfortunately, it's on par with what I hear, right? But it is what it is, right? Facts are the facts. Now, what are you going to do about them? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to be retiring right now, and they're right around your age. Um, and I think a lot, it's really easy right now, I think, for this next question. Uh, so I'm trying to preface it as delicately as I can. I think it's really easy to make one easy excuse and say that um, today's generation, young kids or you know, are different and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know. I don't have any science to back that up. But there is something to say uh, about your generation, my father's generation, about hard, hardworking people that understood the importance of giving back. Like if you got something from someone or something, like my dad taught me early on, not that I know how to use tools, I do not. So people will laugh when they hear this, but you know, if someone gives you a tool, you better return it shinier than it was Correct. when you got it, right? And so that's like someone um, gave you wrestling. That's what it was. They introduced you to wrestling. They gave you wrestling. What you choose to do with it is, is up to you. you know, get as much as you put in, into it. But then those folks were like, okay, you gave me wrestling. So now I, I'm done competing, you know, to 500 wrestlers, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go into this and I'm going to make sure that the next generation has good officials so that they can have the same experience and, and maybe that will be cyclical. Um, all that to say, why do you think there's so many less people like expressing interest or even exploring becoming an official? I think, I think one of the biggest reasons people are not giving it a shot is because uh, the bad publicity that comes out there mostly from youth sports of these parents uh, going off, running out onto the mat, running onto the field, running onto a basketball court because uh, they're, they called a foul on their son. Uh, they didn't slap the mat. He didn't get the takedown at the edge of the mat. And as, as you said earlier, nobody's getting a full ride to Minnesota, Ohio State, or Iowa because they didn't get a takedown on a Saturday sixth grade tournament. And uh, the, to me, the pay isn't the big thing. Um, keeping guys or gals out of the wrestling community, I think it's, it's the bad parents. I'm not going to say the parents. It's the bad apples. And uh, my dad is 94 years old. He asks me every year, he says, well, how did the wrestling season go? And I says, well, dad, I said, it went pretty good. I says, I got three reasons. I said, uh, I'm getting older. I'm losing my hearing, you know, so I don't hear that stuff as much as I used to. I said, uh, I walk in the door and somebody says, well, Olson's here. It doesn't matter what we yell. And I says, maybe I'm just getting better. And, uh, yeah, I, I just throw those things out there, but, uh, our guys that new guys that we get, uh, the biggest thing I hope to get them to do is uh, to enjoy it and to get their wife or their partner 
to enjoy it too. So when you leave to go to a match the first week in February and it's 10 degrees out or 10 below and you have to drive somewhere and they're sitting at the fireplace and stuff like that and say, you know, you could stay home. No, go there, go to the match. And uh, I told you I have three grown kids and one of my daughters told me maybe eight years ago, she says, dad, he says, it doesn't look like you're having any fun when you're rough. You never smile. And ever since then, I've made it a point to smile when I'm on the mat. Because uh, put it this way, you know when you go to a, a dual meet, 75% of the time or, or a pretty high percentage, everybody knows who's going to win tonight. It's just a matter of what the distribute distribution of who wins eight and six and stuff like that. So, so I'm not going to make a big change in the team score. So why don't I enjoy it? Let the fans see me smile. Let the coaches see me smile. Not that I'm giggling or anything like that. Just show them that I enjoy it. And, uh, and I found that I enjoyed it way, way more. And I had knee surgery a couple years ago and I missed officiating the second half of the season and the first half of the next season. And I could not wait till I did my next match. And I'm one of the senior guys in our group. So that's, that's awesome, man. So I heard a couple of things there. So let's start back at the beginning. I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is kind of what I believe. Someone else has shared this with me too. So it's not my idea. I can't take a, credit for it but I think some of what you said could maybe maybe be distilled into the kids haven't changed the parents did um I I will I will agree with you uh may, maybe a hundred percent kids are kids I think that the kids are kids and people will say it's a bad group of kids this year no it's not the kids are good uh if the referee comes out there takes charge of the mat ask those kids to put their mask on afterwards, they will. I've told our new officials, sometimes we do these uh, little kids wrestling tournaments on a, on a Sunday or something, and they divide a mat in the quarters. Yeah, and, uh, and they get over toward the, the line, and I just tell those kids, move to the center, they're wrestling. Move to the center, move to the center. And it's just like, they slide right over. You know, it's just, it's that easy because I, I truly believe that, especially at the younger kids, they're looking for authority figure to, to tell them what to do. I mean, or I'm, I'm almost asking them, just move over, put your mask on, uh, move back to the center, put your hands on the front of the line and they do it. it, it it's that easy most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny though. Like not funny ironics about a word right is you'll hear that i think it's easy to say right because every generation says it about the generation after them or before yeah. or vice versa right oh these kids blah 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 but if you think about the person that's saying it's who raised that generation like yeah, um <laughs> like i don't think you're thinking about all the implications of what you're saying but anyhow all right wrapping it up a big hitter here this has been awesome Oh, you do so much for the sport of wrestling. I almost feel guilty asking it, but I'm going to do it here until someone tells me to stop doing it. Um, I'm trying something, man. I don't know if it's going to work, but if I don't try, I don't know. Um, I'm asking people that to think about if you could make a commitment, because we all know it takes like, what do they say, 90 to 180 days to develop a habit, right? Like if you consistently um, do something, bad or positive that eventually becomes a habit which becomes a lifestyle right do you, that's true yes, um, yes so yep. so i'm not saying do it for 60 straight days 30 or 90 i'm just saying if you could do it one time a month do something in addition to what you're already doing just to shine a light on your fellow officials um because it's it's got to be important to you or you want to be doing what you're doing for 33 years and uh, now with this uh podcast and I i'm going to be official i probably won't ever wear a whistle. I just want to know the rules. So when I'm talking to folks like you, I don't make a fool of myself. So uh, can you do me a favor? Think about something you could do 
different, not differently, in addition to what you're already doing. Uh, send me an email, let's talk about it, and uh, let's see what we could do with all these shows if we get a whole bunch of people and we all have the same goal and we're doing something to move the sport forward, but we're focused on official officials. Who knows what could happen, man? What do you think? Yeah. Well, one thing I know that I could do in addition or better or differently all, all, all together is to recruit recruit officials actively. We have a, an association here and we have a mentorship program, but mostly we're looking for, or what has happened in the past is somebody sees a sign up and they sign up to be an official. Where I could, every match that I ref, we have a pre-meet meeting, you know, leave a card, you know, anybody, when you guys get done wrestling with high school, if you want to try this out, get a hold of me or get a hold of this email or get a hold of this guy. We're looking. It can be a good experience. I've had the most wonderful experience in, in my life. I can tell, man. You wouldn't be doing it that long and you yeah. wouldn't have this many cool stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and and yeah, I, I've been to weddings. I've been to funerals. I've been to anniversaries uh coaches kids graduations and it's the greatest thing yeah, yeah. hey here's another thing uh, a couple episodes ago I, don't know, I come up with these ideas not executing on them is, is another thing um one of the other things too is essentially you know right now like if the elite wrestlers are usually signing their letters of intent like junior year right like right about now like before they go in the season um and so that that's, I say that because typically by your senior year, you know, if you're getting a look, um, you know, if you're going to continue your competitive career and what 1% of people go on to wrestle D3, D2, D1, like it's, Correct, yeah. it's a small group. So what my thoughts are is if you have a whole room and 5% or more seniors or, you know, or whatever, and X percent of that is going to wrestle 90 something percent may never step on a wrestling mat ever again why not the week after sections the week after districts because at least in my school if you don't qualify for districts you still have to practice for one more week because you have to be responsible for that person to train we'll figure yes. out the next step right but yeah. those folks that it might be done talk to the seniors hey guess what your career descended competitively great you know what could be next you're going to college you want to make 100 bucks every weekend who, who doesn't in college right yeah, absolutely Boom. here's my card um i don't know just ideas bill this has been awesome uh I, i'm so glad we connected it's it's cool like uh laren weichel shout out shout out to laren uh put us in contact because i put a post on facebook yes i'm gonna talk to like five other people from that group text um in, yeah. the, in the next coming days uh wrestling truly is a family i don't know uh, too many other sports i don't have, know of any personally where you can just call, text someone out of the blue, be like, hey, I want to talk to you about officiating and then talk for an hour. Um, you know, nothing nothing really in common other than, uh, you know, we both lived in the true Midwest for a little bit and, and we love wrestling. So um, thanks for being on the show. Can you stay on after this so we can just debrief, make sure you don't have any questions and uh, I hope we can do this again. Okay, I will. Thanks a lot, Bryce. I, uh, anytime. Anytime. Awesome. I can. I love talking wrestling. Yeah, I can tell that. Me too, man. <laughs> You're in the right place. Hey, hold on, all right? You bet.